Welcome to the Real View Podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first-time homebuyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. Today is a special day, and I didn't tell Tim this, who's my special guest today, Tim Stanford, District 2 Vice President, top winner, an individual transaction credit for our President's Sales Club this year. You all know him as a part of our Ohio Realtor family, and I'm super excited he's our guest today because this is the 100th episode of the Real View podcast that we are recording today. So you are my 100th guest on the show. This is our 100th episode, and wow, that... Welcome to the show and thank you. I made it, made it top 100. You did, yeah. So we're just in the top here all, all around. So, yes. <laughs> um, so it's great to have you um, with thank me you. today. Thank you. Um, it's great to be here. Congratulations on your President Sales Club and thank you. Um, your DVP uh, service, which we're going to talk a lot about today. But welcome onto the show and thanks so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, the, the D- DVP stuff probably isn't as exciting as the President Sales Club. <laughs> But we'll, we'll, we'll try to important. jazz it up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, all good and all important. Um, and I just have to say thank you again to all of our listeners for making it 100 episodes and for all of your support throughout this this journey that we started almost two years ago. It has been quite the journey. And thank you guys for your support and to making it 100 episodes. And we look forward to 100 more. So I have to shout out to all of the listeners and supporters of the show as well. But Tim, before we get started on today's show... I have to ask our signature question that we ask all of the guests on the podcast, which is since the show is called The Real View, I would like to know what is the best view that you've ever seen? The best view, I, I, I probably could say one of the most memorable views was that uh, a number of years ago in my misspent youth, I did quite a bit of whitewater rafting. This year, when we're talking about all of the droughts in the West and low river v- levels, back in the 80s, uh, there was a very high river level, and they actually shut down the Colorado River for a couple of weeks because the water was so high. And I had the opportunity to go down the Colorado River, uh, nine of us in six boats, just days after they reopened it. And we're going to the first rapid. There's a lot of water, but it's the Grand Canyon. As we're approaching the first rapid, there is a boat, a dory, a river running boat, 12 feet above the water on top of a rock. And we've got 200 miles to go on the river, and that's the first thing we see. That was a, a sobering of that, do you know what you're getting yourself into? Yeah, <laughs> what you weren't expecting that, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but it looked, it was it was very cool and, and very something that you'll always, always remember. No, always, always remember, yes. Yeah, did you guys make it through? Make it through okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm here, yes, as living proof, yes, but it was. No, that's awesome, very, very cool. Okay, so I want to talk about you, about your career in real estate. How did you get started? Did you know this was something that you wanted to do? What was your journey like to get Get you to where you are today. Uh, my, my my journey. Uh, I was going to say I'm really you know kind of grew up in the Westerville area. I was a Westerville South grad and uh, went to Otterbein. Started off teaching. Uh, as I said, my wife and I met. I left teaching after a few years. Uh, I, we had quite a bit of uh, success. I, I was I was an art teacher. There were 500 kids in the student in the in the school, and I had 108 of them involved in art, and had three of them that had been recognized uh, here in Columbus for the Governor's Art Show. Kind of all state art students, and one of them made the mistake of saying, "Well, what what are you going to do next?" <laughs> 
And I thought, oh, gosh, I don't know. I guess I should do something next. And so I went into sales, sold franchises uh, throughout Ohio. And then my wife and I moved to Colo- or to uh, San Francisco and uh, started selling art there. Mm. Uh, but because we wanted to have a family. San Francisco may not have been the best place to, to raise kids because we were living right on Knob Hill. Her father had a real estate brokerage in Lima, and she was from Lima. So we moved back to Lima, got my real estate license in 1986, and I uh, got my broker's license in 1993, and, and here we are. Yeah, and hooked ever since, right? Never, <laughs> yes, never yes. stopped. No. I want to talk about your big accomplishment this year as being the top winner of the individual transaction credit category of the President's Sales Club. Tell us a little bit about what that is, what that means, and kind of how you were able to achieve that. Moving back and, and you know picking up the brokerage, uh, we bought it from my father-in-law in the early 2000, 2002. I had the opportunity to sell it then to uh, our credit union, Superior Credit Union in, in Lima. Part of that transaction was that I would stick around and, and continue to be broker for a while. And that the employment contract kind of ran its course and the decision was is that I would just go back to selling. A year ago at convention, uh, I was looking at the top five and I kind of thought, oh gosh, I've got a lot of stuff lined up and I kind of wonder what that'll be like next year. And so uh, that's that I, I did have a lot of stuff lined up and it seemed like I'd been pretty busy, but it was really coming back into sales just in the last uh, couple of years after, you know, being more of a, of a, uh, you know, managing other agents activities for the last 20. Yeah, that's awesome. So was this kind of a goal of yours then was to win or just kind of something you had like thought about and maybe figured you had qualifications for? Well, it's it's funny because transitioning from agent to broker to uh, brokerage owner, back to broker, back to agent, it really kind of is going from being where you were a player to where you were a coach to you're back in the game being a player. Back in the days before I was principal broker, I was involved in a lot of big transactions. Uh, I was going to say I helped find the, uh, assemble the site for uh, the Lima Senior High School when they moved, uh, had to assemble a 40-acre site in a developed downtown uh, central business district that involved, you know, assembling more than 200 parcels. I've always looked for, you know, how can we sell more real estate sooner? And so n- not so much a goal, it's just kind of like that's the way I've focused. Yeah, that was kind of just your business and the way you you mm-hmm. went about things. No, that's that's really cool. What was the coolest real estate moment or experience for you that you've ever had? <laughs> the coolest real estate moment. Gosh, you know, there are so many that are not cool. Uh, <laughs> that, or we could do a bad one. You know, we could do either or. <laughs> No, well, yeah, I was going to say, on the, on the way down here, I was I was having a conversation about a closing that was supposed to have occurred yesterday that the e-notarization had technical difficulties and trying to keep everybody happy that that it, you know that the, that the buyer is doing everything they can to, to get it done, but that the technology is, is not helping us out. But the, cool, the coolest uh, real estate moment, I think probably there's, there's several, and, and I'll kind of characterize that a lot of real estate transactions occur where you, you, know, you have a sign in the yard, somebody calls from the sign, you go and show them the property, you sell the property. I, I think that, and I, I used to tell this to agents too, that the real hallmark that you've kind of arrived as a, as a, a professional is when you see a property and it's not for sale and you know somebody that should buy it, but they aren't really in the market and you put them together. That that's that's really where you're recognizing you're beginning to understand the market and that you know your neighborhood and you know you know who are there and who and and who's involved and so that's those are the, those are the moments and as I was gonna say and just you know this past week I had a purchaser buying a property they had a property that they were thinking that they would have to sell and I said well, I I know somebody who'll buy it mm. and so you know we showed it they made a full price offer it was a commercial property those are great times when you can see it 
happening. I mean, it's kind of like kind of like Luke Skywalker using the force. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use the real estate force. Those are like the special moments that kind of makes it full circle. Like, wow, I'm really like I made it. I, you know, I, is that kind of like the feeling that you get, you know, whenever you you get to that moment? No, that's super cool. Yes. Real estate nirvana. Yeah, I love. There you go. That's perfect. So I want to talk about your involvement, too, in the association and at the different levels in the association world. I, we mentioned you are the DVP for district number two. What made you decide to get involved? And what would your advice be to other people who maybe want to get more involved with don't know where to start? Yeah, back in the 90s, I guess I was uh, I was elected at that point. Our local board had a building trustee as an elected position, and I got I got elected to be building trustee. The EO at the time, who was a former real estate agent and who had a certain amount of salesmanship to her, said, well, uh, you know, presumptively, you're gonna go through the chairs, aren't you? And I, I was so naive, I didn't know what the chairs were. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, she explained, yeah, that, yeah, well, you should go on the board, you should become, you know, treasurer, become vice president, president-elect, become president. And so I was like, okay, well, like, those things kind of happened and I've been uh, president three times. One of the aspects, I mean, it's hard when you're selling to think that you're going to take time to serve on a committee or to hold an elected position. And a lot of times it's difficult to grasp, you know, the the realtor part of it because you're so focused on the real estate part of it. What I've found oddly is that the involvement has led directly to more real estate sales. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned the, the Lima Senior Project. I mean, that was a direct result of, I, I, was, I was board president and we had a, uh, a local housing group ask for us to appoint somebody to serve on the housing. I couldn't get anyone to volunteer. So I appointed myself and this was before the the state had their uh, funding for new schools, but we were working on kind of a you know a strategy for how should housing go and develop. And it was it was a better part of a, a year and a half or so before they had the announcement. But when they had the announcement, then we kind of had already looked at all the neighborhoods and had uh, kind of a triage of where areas were likely to be redeveloped. So I remember I called my attorney Matt Huffman, uh, who's the uh, current state senator back in the day when he was just, you know, city council president, Matt wow. Huffman. And uh, I said, Matt, I said, you know, um, got this chance to get these uh, schools here. I said, I think what the school district needs is a real estate consultant. And he said, I think that's an excellent idea. He made a call. I made a call and, and I talked to the schools and they agreed and they needed a real estate consultant. And so, yeah, the, the, the story is Matt Huffman and I drove around Lima and decided where Lima Senior is going to go. Wow. That's awesome. What a, what a cool moment. In- but- but but it was it was a direct result of being president becoming involved in this yeah. in this organization. Some of the success of sales this year was I, I sold a number of, uh, of investment properties. We had a landlord that was divesting. That was a direct result of me being legislative chair because there had been a interest circulated uh, in the city of Lima about having a point of sale inspection. And so we were we were fighting it. And as legislative chair, I was kind of taking the point on it and addressing city council. Well, the landlord noticed. And so he was like, you know, hey, and, and I knew the landlord anyway, but he was he was appreciative of the efforts and, and the support when they were ready to sell. Then they, they, they called me. Wow. So it grew your resume, not only your resume, but also you saw a direct result from being involved in your business and what you did every day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, yeah the, the, the realtor organization has been a path road and inroad into involvement in the community and connection to housing kind of on a bigger scale yeah. and a, a bigger uh, stage than, again, just you know, having a sign in the yard and have somebody call you from the sign. Yeah. I mean, if there's 
ever a better reason to, to join and get involved and be on a committee and and serve at, at your different levels, state, local, and at the national level. I mean, you just explained it perfectly there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyone listening, get involved. You, you, <laughs> sky is the limit, right? You, you never know. So how do you find time to do all of this? I mean, to, to be a top sales award winner, to, you know, serve the association on the different levels that you do, to be a family guy. I mean, how do you find time to do it all? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you stay busy. I mean, so yeah. it's, it's good not to be bored. Yep. Uh, and it's always good to find creative uh, solutions. I was going to say, my, my wife has always been very supportive to a degree of, you know, okay, stop working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are so, only so many hours in the day. And Back when I was you know, more in the management position, I, I would tell new agents, when you first get licensed, you suddenly have this whole horizon of, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm an independent contractor, you know, I don't have, I mean, presuming you don't have a regular job or a part-time job. And so, you know, I'm a realtor now and I've got all this time all day. What am I going to do with it? How do I fill mm-hmm. it? What do I, and invariably you, you see those people kind of mature over the course of months and, and, and years maybe to where they, they're coming back and they're saying, I've got all this stuff to do and I don't have any time. And so it's it's kind of learning the nuts and bolts of how it is that you go about finding real estate, getting through the transactions, and you know bringing people together and finding that common ground. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-license course locations. What motivates you and what keeps you going to to achieve, you know, everything that you have and to keep going? How do you keep that passion and momentum going, you know, throughout maybe some some hard times or or just the day to day stuff that comes up? Some days you just don't feel like it. Right. So how do you keep yourself going and, and motivated? I was, was going to say, I, I, I like money. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am competitive. Uh, I like being the best. Uh, or strive for it. I, you know, I joke with people. I uh, will often say, you know, people don't realize how much uh, prayer is involved with real estate, but it's it, it does take a lot of faith. And one of the kind of the things I come back to is that as long as you're working earnestly, there's no wasted effort. I mean, so that you may, I, I mean, the example I think of is that I'd, I'd worked with some people and we had gone out, looked at dozens of houses and they couldn't find what they wanted. And they decided that they were going to add on. It seemed to be a wasted effort. A year later, uh, they got transferred. And so they were calling saying, hey, can you come sell our house? Because they had done all that. So they planted that seed and ended up getting a listing from it. You know, not exactly the way I was thinking that I would be getting it. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess that's probably the biggest thing for success in real estate is to be able to embrace that idea of delayed gratification, mm. to, to not expect that you're going to get some reward right now, right today, but that you're going to be rewarded for your efforts some point. Yeah, down the line that it might not come right away, but you never know. And that known maybe not right now could turn into maybe someday. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, that's I love that. That's a that's a great bit of advice. 
What's the biggest lesson that you've learned throughout your career in real estate? What has it taught you or what's been your biggest takeaway or lesson that you've learned? Biggest lesson, biggest I, I think I think it's along those lines of, of the, you know, not becoming uh, too focused on the here and now, but to keep working on developing business for the future and, and looking at how it is that you can you can build things that it's it's Rome wasn't built in a day and and you know neither is a real estate career that it takes it takes time, that there's no substitute for it. It's just just putting in the effort, putting in the time and working on on kind of perfecting your craft. Mm-hmm. And hard work. And I know one of the misconceptions that could be out there about this industry is that, oh, get your license and you'll just start selling homes immediately. What do you say to that? And maybe could you talk a little bit about the hard work that kind of goes into reaching this level of success? There's way beyond the pre-licensing classes and the law and the principles and practices that, that that's all good exposure, but it just keeps going and going. How it is that, you know, this thing, this real estate thing works, this bundle of, of rights and how you convey them, how they're, how they're transferred, how they're encumbered and, and undoing all of those things. I had, had another transaction uh, that was kind of on the bigger side. It was another, it was a, a landlord that uh, went bankrupt and they had 196 properties that court needed sold. And I was working with, I called the trustee <laughs> and uh, I, I, I said, you know, hey, I, it was a nuanced call because the properties were listed with another brokerage, but the landlord had gone bankrupt. The bankruptcy court had appointed trustee to take over. So I'm calling the trustee, not the owner. And what I was offering was property management rather than asking for the listing. Mm-hmm. And the, the trustee said, your call is remarkably timely. Now, this mm-hmm. is an attorney. <laughs> your call is remarkably mm-hmm. timely. Uh, and he said, uh, can you uh, you meet me at our office uh, tomorrow morning? Because we're going to meet the U.S. Marshals. Oh, my gosh. And, <laughs> and, and then he says, uh, he goes, uh, you have a suit? <laughs> he, said, he said, I said, yes, I have a suit. He goes, well, wear the suit. We want to look good when we take over the business. And... Uh, <laughs> He goes, um, uh, and this is a cold call. I, wow. I did not know this guy before, uh, really. And he said, uh, he goes, it, it, it'll be a while before we get through the paperwork, but you're my guy. Wow. And, and uh, uh, I lost track of what the point was exactly I was making. <laughs> there are transactions out there that you, you just don't know about. Timeliness part of it was that minutes before I called, he had gotten a fax from the owner saying that he was suing him. He was in the position of that he was now in charge of this property. His plan had been to let the owner kind of run it and he would monitor it. Now that the owner was suing him, he was in litigation and couldn't allow him to continue to run it. And so I was just kind of the right place at the right time. Yeah. So I, remember, I remember the grand point I was oh, trying yeah, to make that yeah, was, yeah. was there was that, okay, so he gets all these properties. We got to sell these 200 properties and he's stuck in the in the position. This is, you know, in terms of how ownership interests are transferred. He's wanting to sell the property. The courts have told him liquidate the properties. He wants us to sell the properties. We're selling the properties. There were some of the properties that were not in foreclosure. They had defaulted on the loans but for whatever reason, the mortgage holder hadn't initiated foreclosure. And because the mortgage holder hadn't initiated foreclosure, the trustee wasn't really empowered to be able to sell those properties. Right. And so we were having a, another conversation and he says, I don't know how to get these out of the court case. And I said, why don't you just deed them to the lender? And he says, can I do that? <laughs> and I, and yeah. I said, yeah, you can deed the property to anybody. Wow. And so he goes, that's what we're going to do. We're going to just deed them back to the lender. They, they get them. They have the interest in them. There it is. It's your property. You wow. figure it out. But that's the expertise that when we talk about, you know, why realtors are so valuable, mm-hmm. it's like stuff like that. Right. 
You know, it's it's the fact you had the knowledge to be able to give advice to someone and literally solve a problem for yeah. them. And that's kind of, I think, what's what's great about this industry and why realtors will always be important to the communities because this is such a complicated transaction and process that we're walking our clients through. And we are truly the experts on that. And that is like such a perfect story, you know, of being the expert and being able to really help somebody with their real estate issue. So great story. That was awesome. <laughs> great job. What advice do you have to realtors to get to your level? And yes, that, I guess that gets to the advice yeah. is, is is to really become familiar with with what is taking place. I mean, it, I know it's a small point, but I was talking about it with the agents the other day. It seems as if there has been a diminished interest in agents attending closings, mm. and and I and I think it's it's beneficial for newer agents and for, and for experienced agents to be there, not really representing your client, but being another set of eyes and ears to to be able to be supportive. If you've been to many closings, different people handle it different, and so it's it's there there can be benefits to having the agent there. First of all, you hear kind of what all the way things are wrapped up, and it kind of gets through that mechanics of what is for sale and how does it get sold. But uh, also that you begin to recognize when somebody is you know glossed over something that's kind of important, mm-hmm. and that you can kind of add that and flesh it out, being careful not to step on the closer's toes unnecessarily. Also, your point is not to be there to be Mr. Know-it-all, but there's sometimes there are, you can you can make a contribution, you can help. So yeah, I, I think attending closings is probably the best way. And, and even if you can tag along to somebody else's closing if you're brand new, yeah. uh, you know, if you're looking under your wing, that's kind of where all the sausage gets put in the casing. There you go. <laughs> I like that analogy. Um, that's cool. What do you think the biggest challenges and opportunities are with some of the current conditions of the market um, these days? What do you think are the challenges and opportunities that exist out there? I know it's changing so quickly. But from your perspective, kind of what is what do you see and what is that? The biggest current challenge, of course, is going to be, you know, having an environment of rising interest rates. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's going to be new for people that, that have not been in the industry very long. Otherwise, you have to be in the industry for a real long time to be able to think back to when 9, 10, 12% interest was was good, yeah. uh, you know, and hearing horror stories of, you know, 18 or 20% yeah. uh, interest. There are lots of ways that people can buy properties that we have not been using very much uh, in recent years, you know, like land contracts or owner carryback of, pro- of a mortgage. And, and those are things that you want to become familiar with and kind of like how it is that that works, how it can be used. A lot of it's going to be communication with the lender to be able to see, you know, what the lender can do, what, uh, how it is that you can buy time for somebody to hopefully get into a, a more favorable interest rate market. Also looking at it, at, uh, we, we've had a lot of focus on fixed rate mortgages because the rates have been so low, but, but looking at some of the adjustable rate products and realistically discussing with your clients what their horizon is. I mean, if they're looking at like a five-year time frame in the house, then a five-year adjustable mortgage is like a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of different options that are like that. And so becoming more familiar with, with the finance aspect of it, what can be done through the traditional lenders as well as using the resources of the, uh, the buyers and sellers. A lot of creativity that, you know, realtors are going to have to have with those interest rates and things like that coming up. What about inventory? What are you seeing from an inventory perspective? We know this is something we've talked about on the podcast multiple times, but um, what about the inventory issue that's been out there and, and what do you see that shaping out to be? I think that the the inventory issue, I mean, I think it goes all the way back to the Great Recession. I, I remember speaking to a, a local builders group back around 2010, 2011 and telling them, 
I wished I had some good news for them, but I had no hope for them that they just were not going to be building for a while. Mm-hmm. And that we we're seeing the the results of that, that that the that the housing supply has not kept up with the demand. I'm very excited. I think it's November that we're planning on having the uh, the workforce housing study come out yes. that uh, we've that the realtors have, have asked uh, the University of Cincinnati to compose. I'm very interested in that as kind of a, a document of guidance. I think that it has an opportunity to be able to provide uh, some direction for the entire state in terms of how do we address housing over not not just in, in you know the next 6 months but over the next you know 5 10 15 20 years Yeah, that's going to be coming out real soon. And I know we are going to have Brad Evans, who worked on the study at the University of Cincinnati. He is going to be joining us for a podcast, too, to discuss the findings of the study. So super excited for that to come out. Huge, very significant. Yeah, it's going to be a big deal. And we're really excited to see um, the results of that. You know, folks who were able at the convention uh, in Cleveland, if you're able to attend, they get kind of a sneak peek of some of the information. So it's, again, another reason to to be at the convention, because sometimes people think, oh, it's too expensive. It's too far to go, that there really isn't any valuable information there. it's information there that you could get two, three months ahead of uh, the rest of the state. Yeah, so so valuable, that that kind of stuff. And I know Daphne Hawk spoke on it as well, just the value of, of attending those conventions mm-hmm. and what that means, even just from a regulatory standpoint. You know, you want to make sure the best realtors are the ones who are involved and go to these conventions that keep themselves out of trouble. And, and you know, they really achieve great levels of and, success. And, she, and it was really nice to see her there so visibly and so yeah. prominently and, and to have an interest and to be engaged. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, not, not the previous administration wasn't, but it just it just there was a real enthusiasm that, that was nice. Yeah, no, it really was. And I know we are also going to have her up on the podcast episode up and coming really soon. So you are in some good company too, with these, these podcast guests. So what is next for you? What is the future look like? What are you hoping to achieve? What are some goals out there? Or what, what's in the future for you? Uh, in addition to real estate, it's been a busy year personally. 13 months ago, we, we have three children. 13 months ago, none of them were engaged. Two of them are now married and the other one is, is going to get married a year from now. So you're giving my parents hope is what I'm hearing because they are like, hello, they have three kids as well. And we're all in that boat. So I should tell them to listen to you, right? <laughs> it, 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 it went quickly. Yeah, our, our, <laughs> uh, our youngest got engaged first and our oldest got engaged last, but he got married first. Mm. Uh, and so he was he was married and their wedding was in San Francisco, which is where he lives. He works for a company called Grammarly. And, um, I know Grammarly. I'm a user of Grammarly. I oh, okay. love their products. Great, okay. great to help your writing. If you guys are writers out there, it's a great product. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's 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 very involved. Was one of their early employees, and uh, he had did a, a right out of college. He had worked for Google for several years as a product manager, and so he's done very well. But uh, we just had a reception for him at our house. That was in September. In between there. Uh, let's see, we also had a nephew got married at the beginning of May. Our son got married at the end of May. Our daughter got married the first week of July. Wow. And then we had the reception first week of October at our at our home. So it's it's been, uh, you know, we've, we've had to pay for all that. So it's, <laughs> Expensive year. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping to get caught up, I guess, is what their immediate goal is. More homes, yes. right? More homes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Congratulations Thank on you. all of their engagements and weddings. And what an exciting time. Very and, exciting time. Um, congratulations again on your success as the top president sales winner in individual transaction credit. What an amazing accomplishment. And thank Thank you you. for all of your service that you give to the realtor industry. I know we are all stronger because people like you. So thank thank you you for everything. And thank you for joining me on the show today. It's been so great. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. And thank you guys all for tuning in to our 100th episode. It has been so great joining you all for these 100 days. And I will talk to you all next week. Have a great week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. 
You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.